There has, as you know, been a growing number of demonstrations in the past week by those objecting to the growing number of refugees coming to Ireland, mostly in response to the influx of Ukrainian refugees since last March. The accommodation shortage for them and the lack of facilities for them has been well flagged. Now, there were demonstrations in several parts of Dublin at the end of last week, as well as events in Drogheda and Killarney. Uh, They're not particularly well-attended events, but they are increasing in number. And these protesters in Ballymun outline some of their concerns. I've nothing against them, but like, why take it off our own and give it to somebody else? I totally don't understand it. Look at our own, they're on the streets. Like, don't get me wrong, in Ballymun we would welcome anybody in, but like, why do they feel the need to happen to keep taking our own is on the streets? Why? I don't understand it. People are angry. I know they have hardships or whatever. So you look after your own first. For years, people were homeless. As soon as a seek- seekers come in or refugees come in, things are opened up to them that was never possible before. No such demonstrations that we know of yet in the Northwest region. We're going to get a couple of diverging opinions on this issue uh, now. And first to Robert on line one. Robert, good morning to you. Good morning. Uh, and welcome. I, I think what you're saying is you have absolutely no difficulties with refugees. Correct me if I'm wrong. No difficulty at all with refugees coming into the country. But you can understand where the agitation is coming from with some of these protesters. I, I can. And I think one of the problems at the moment is, is that our government is, is creating a problem because they're not uh, organising to cope with the, with the amount of refugees that's coming in. And uh, at the moment, uh, they're building 700 units of modular housing nationwide, which is hoped to house 3,000 people by, by the end of March. And this is 3,000 over the 70,000 that have already come in. And there could be another 50,000 coming in this year. I mean, they're not even approaching the problem. We have a lot of Ukrainian uh, refugees in hotels all over the country. Media reports tell us that the government hasn't been paying these uh, hotels for several months. I mean, this isn't the way to cope with a large influx of refugees. The other question is... is that well, well, how, do, how do you cope? So what is the solution? Assuming you don't... Well, I'll come to that in a moment. I presume you don't... Well, you might have a difficulty with the numbers of refugees we're taking, but I don't think you have a difficulty with the concept of us helping out people in this situation. So what, what no. is the solution then? But the, the government should, number one, they should be paying the hotels that are housing since the day they started housing these uh, refugees. And now the hotels are threatening that they're going to empty the Ukrainians out of these hotel rooms and open them up again for tourists. Yeah. And the only situ- the reason that that's going to happen is because the government is not paying them what they agreed to pay them for their hotel rooms. I mean, that's just a, a stupid situation. The problem is here, the 70,000 are here, another 50,000 could come. And if you're going to, the government wants them put up in hotels, they should be paying their bills on time. OK, well, leaving aside that, so where where do you accommodate them then if you don't use well, sure, This is the question. But as I said, I don't know how many numbers of refugees have already been in the country in direct provision centres. I know some of them are in uh, these centres for seven, eight and nine years and their situation has not improved since the day they arrived. So why are we taking them in when we're not giving them any sort of a helping hand whatsoever? Mm. And yet the United Nations says that a country has to take a refugee in. There's nothing wrong with that. But we should be helping them out and not leaving them in these direct uh, provision centres for eight and nine years and longer. I'm probably hoping that they'll pack up and move on to another country. 
Right, okay. Um, so uh, enough is enough, you're saying. We, we, we can't facilitate all these refugees, even though it is a, a European The government are making, making no attempt to approach the problem whatsoever. And it's the government that's at fault here at the moment. They should be building uh, these modular housing units we talked about last summer. They should have started building them. And now we're told we're going to have 700 units of them that will be finished by the end of March. I mean, to house 3,000 people out of 70,000. The other question is, is that these homes, that uh, these people that opened up their homes to take in these Ukrainian refugees, uh, they were supposed to be paid X amount. I wonder, uh, with the hotels not being paid, are these people being paid? I haven't heard anything about it. And there's another question is, what happens if a war breaks out in another country? Are we going to have the same situation again where this becomes a trend now, uh, sadly, when a war uh, uh, breaks out, that millions of people are going to be allowed to come into countries all over Europe? And there's another... Uh, maybe the United Nations also should be footing the bill for these weekly uh, unemployment benefits. They say there's 10,000 Ukrainians working. That's great. And, but there's still 60,000 that aren't working that are on full unemployment benefits, uh, plus free medical and maybe free travel as well. I don't know what that's, uh, that is costing us every week. But uh, the United Nations want countries all over the world, uh, developed nations, to take in refugees. Maybe they should be uh, paying uh, the financial uh, bills for these people for their unemployment and whatever else is needed. Okay. But as I say, you, you don't have a difficulty with the concept of uh, taking in refugees and looking after them, uh, fleeing Not from war Not taking in refugees, country. but there has to be a question in, in how many we can cope with without causing serious problems for ourselves. I mean, we have we had serious... We thought we had serious problems before this 70,000 came in last year. We, as I said, we couldn't even help the refugees that are fleeing the countries for because of religious persecution or political situations or whatever. And we left them there for years. And now we're standing up and we're starting to build 700 units of modular housing. But why didn't we build this modular housing for these people that are trapped in direct provision centres uh, five and six years ago? The government is, is... There's one problem with the amount of people coming in, but the government's uh, inactivity in approaching the problem is another problem. Stay with us, Robert. Uh, Pater Hopkins is online too. He's uh, representative of the United Against Racism group in Sligo. Good morning to you, Pater. Hey, good morning, uh, and Thanks for joining us. Do, do you want to respond to what Robert has said? Does he make some valid points, do you think? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I have to commend Robert. I, I can see here that Robert is definitely a good faith actor and he's, um, his intentions are 100% uh, legitimate. Um, there is obviously people, unlike myself and Robert, who are using the housing crisis and the refugee crisis and the war to kind of stir up racism and Robert clearly isn't one of those people. So I'm very happy to hear that. And I think Robert's right on most of his points. I think we were in agreement. I think Robert's right. You know, we should be angry with the government. Uh, they're handling of you know the refugee crisis not just the refugee crisis but the actual the the lack of public services the housing crisis and i think you know i think it's important if we look at historically the last five short medium and long term at the people who are central in the criticism criticism of our lack of adequate housing you know if you look at for example you know 
the Irish Nurses Midwives Organisation, Focus Islands, uh, Father Peter McVary, Sligo Cross the Viewing Coalition, who's made up of people for profit, Sinn Féin, Declan Bree, Autistic Service. They're all pretty much saying, and all, all the councils will be, you know, a lot of the councils will be pretty much saying that, you know, we have an under-resourced public ha- ha- housing um, uh, system and under, an under-resourced health system and, you know, just looking at the numbers of beds that we have in, in COVID, you can see that any um, added um, pressure um, is going to highlight that. So I think it's very important we keep our anger towards the government and not actually the poor mm. people who, like, I mean, right. this morning, the cold weather. Could you imagine what that's like in Ukraine now, you know? In Norway, uh, either of you condoning what, uh, what is happening in Dublin and, and elsewhere, but you can understand, Absolutely. you can understand... Uh, some of the anger out there, it's, it's the way uh, they're not being completely facilitated. How do you yeah, well, um, Do you want me or Robert to respond? Uh, well, you, you first, Patter. Okay. Um, well, look, you know, there's 160,000 empty houses in this, in this, um, in this country, okay? You know, there's, we need so many people with skills to come to the country. So if we were to actually invest in pre- apprenticeships, the state is well resourced. We just got five billion extra in taxes just came down from, you know, from the sky out of our tax avoidance system last week. So that five billion, you know, we could be actually training people and skilling people. There's so many people who are coming over. And if you just look at proof of that, you know, when, you know, there's just one thing I probably, and it wasn't addressed, but it's something I think is important to remember. You often hear this kind of narrative, and it's certainly not coming from Robert, but from bad faith actors and, you know, racists, basically, who will say, oh, we can't house the world, OK? But I think if you need to examine that, like, you know, about how many people will come over. You know, there's, there's 103 million displaced people worldwide, OK? Mm. And 36 million of them are children, OK? So apparently these are a threat or, you know, a danger to us. So, like, you know... If you look, we did open up islands to um, freedom of movement when we joined the European Union and we opened up all the borders. And we, that was 500 million. Now, just bear in mind, I said there's only 103 million displaced worldwide who are 78% of them are staying around the host countries, okay, around Poland, Lebanon, Turkey, Greece, places like that in horrible inhumane conditions. The idea that we're going to house the world is just nonsense. And most people are actually only going to Dublin, the big hubs, where there's employment. So if we look at, like, you know, to dispel, it's really important that we dispel some of the myths. And after this, if you want to go onto the Unite Against Race and Sligo uh, Facebook page or their website, <clears throat> there's an actually comprehensive list of credited fact-checked information um, to dispel a lot of the anger. And I would encourage people to get involved with the Sligo Cross the Living Coalition. And mm. there's people there, good faith actors that are, you know, from all communities. And we look at all the people in Globe House who now, I know, thinking off the top of my head, I know people that work who've been in there. They work in IT. They're carers. They work in the hospitals. They work in hospitality. And we have an absolute shortage of in, in, the, in every industry. So these people, um, if we look when the European Union opened up the borders, um, We've seen tens of thousands of Polish and Latvian and Eastern Europeans come. They're now our neighbours. They go to our communions, our confirmations, right? They're part of the community. So if we make sure we don't keep a hostile approach, and anyone who turns up to a protest, this protest outside an asylum centre, screaming at pregnant women, um, get them out, get them out, you know, well, they're doing the same as what the, what the Nazis done. And that is, they should be raising their righteous, um, not their, the, the righteous frustration with the housing prices at the government and local representatives who've absolutely failed on the housing prices. Uh, just to follow up on a point you made, Robert, I, mean, I was listening to the launch of the new promotion 
by Tourism Ireland for the tourism year ahead. And they said in one interview that um, hotels only have 80% capacity for tourism at the moment because of the Ukrainian refugee situation. I'm surprised that they even have that much uh, capacity. 80% sounds very, very high. Mm. I mean, if they have 80%, it's not a major problem. I thought it would be a lot higher than that. <clears throat> but uh, going back to the situation again with the, uh, all these refugees coming in, the news report before your programme started highlighted that one in four construction jobs are not being filled. And the government should have a committee set up now to approach these people coming in and, and set these men up with jobs in the construction uh, industry if the jobs are available, you know. 